right last week when i said it it was episode 10 this is episode 11 of the cancel culture pod uh i'm here with my my lovely dovely co-hosts uh and this week we're gonna talk about pretty much whatever there uh, not much has happened this week other than just the horrible horrible um the the horrible horrible state of our country is on the forefront of almost all social media and we've pretty much talked about these things to death in the, the short run of our pod so far so it's like i don't even know what more we can say uh, at this point but before we get all into all that nonsense uh you know i always gotta ask how you guys have been i know you guys have been playing uh gta 5 kind of been in y'all gta shit how's that been going Eh. <laughs> it's just something to do when you're bored for a moment. Yeah, man. For a moment. Yeah. Did you guys ever finish Dark Souls? We uh, have the Soul of Cinder left, and that's it. <laughs> Y'all just have to play it. <laughs> Every other enemy has been defeated. Mm. Okay. Well, shit. You might. Like, what's keeping y'all from just finishing the game? Black. Well, his lack of will. Ah, I feel you. Understandable. Now that you're pretty much at the end of the game, Dane, would how, what you, how would you, how would you rate it? Like out of uh, out of a million, <laughs> um, probably a ten. Out of a million, understandable. <laughs> no, uh, I would say uh, easily four and a half stars four stars out of five four stars. I, I enjoy the combat even though i'm not I'm not great at it and i mm. got better at it is going the thing that really makes me want to say it's the worst game ever made <laughs> is the invasion thing that uh See, that is not something that should be included in a game i agree with you 100 percent. um but i've like every time i've talk to people who are like heavy in the dark souls community about it they sit they i tend to see the opposite uh people really think like they really enjoy that aspect of the game and i wish i i I wish that people enjoyed smoking in the 50s i I wish that i could just turn it off yeah same like invasions and dark souls like I think PvP is important for that game. Mm-hmm. Like it provides more depth. It yeah. you know it gives you more to do. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, stuff like that. However, uh, <laughs> when it comes to... I feel like by Dark Souls 3, the boss fights work really well. There's, like, not a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. However, with PvP, that is absolutely not the case. Like... The connections are never stable because the servers aren't great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, like, abusable shit. You can never hit a guy even though you're, like, swinging right on him. Just because, like, the roll mechanic kind of is, isn't tweaked quite right. Yeah. Like, there's just so much about it that makes it, like, unenjoyable. It's, like, broken and unenjoyable. So, uh... <laughs> With that in mind, like I feel like uh, sort of like the mound makers where they can, oh, you can summon me into your world if you're like mad enough, which a lot of people are because they like fighting people, mm-hmm. or the whole like PvP arena thing. Like it, I can imagine being a new player, like if Dane had decided to play it without me, because you know I have hundreds of hours in Dark Souls Three at this point. Yeah. If Dane had decided to play without me, like, oh, I'm going to give this a go, and then he got invaded, like, over and over again, because it happens constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, like, something, end, oh, Literally, yeah. Kevin would be trying to join me and get invaded within the second of getting back into a game after Alt F4. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would just be like, oh, and, another, and it's so easy to, like, Normally, I try to fight invaders because it's like, oh, ho, ho, look yeah. at this. You know, whatever. But when I'm trying to play with a friend, exactly. and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to fight somebody. I'll fight this guy and get it over with. And then, you know, you, you should start just be being, able to turn it on and off. Like, yeah, they start losing, and then they run back into the level, and you can't do anything. You have to, like, chase them down. Or, and it's just like, God, it's such a waste of time. And I get nothing for it. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And that's one of my big things. The host gets nothing for winning this encounter. <laughs> it's like, oh, they get sometimes like, oh, wow. You get like a small percentage of their soul count. It's like, oh, good boy. I have to go back to the bonfire and waste all this time. But I got 5,000 souls out of it. Fantastic. I don't know. It, it's just irritating. And I never really held that uh, belief like super hard line mm-hmm. until like trying to play through with him and just like him getting invaded like over and over and over before we can even connect with each other. And it's like, man, it's like, if you're going to have invasion stuff like this, at least make it work like consistently. Because also if someone connects into your game invading you, mm-hmm. you just start lagging like a motherfucker sometime <laughs> yeah because it's trying to like connect to their shitty internet and they live in guatemala or something <laughs> but yeah understandable. it just it, it just kind of it's like not fun yeah and it seems like the areas that you get invaded the most are already bitches to navigate and that's what that's where it becomes an issue for me because I, I'm pretty much the same. If I get invaded, I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll fight them. Or I'll just ignore them and just keep going. And that's easy to do by yourself. But when you're playing with a new player, you don't want to just run through the level because they want to experience the game. So I'm literally, like, when I was playing through Dark Souls 3 with Haley the first time, uh, we got invaded over and over and over at the uh, 
the the like the swamp area i'm blanking on the name right now but the swamp area and it was just consistently as soon as we would spawn in we're just constantly invaded and it and that killed the game for her and it's just like i listen dude i just want to play the game and then people will be like oh well that's that's the price you pay for playing co-op and it's just like what are you fucking talking about I remember kevin told me this is when I, we first started mm-hmm. it was the first couple of times i'd get invaded um, and he said, like, y'all were playing once, and it was, like, like late night, so early in the morning, like, two or three, and, like, you got so exasperated, like, who the fuck is just on invading at this early in the morning? <laughs> yeah, man, for <laughs> real. Yeah, that's for the whole, oh, boy, 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> invade on Dark Souls. Like, come on, man. It's so fucking stupid, Whatever. Man. Like, me and Richie, we used to, like, run the pvp arena and like stuff like that is fun yeah and then like i know there's like pvp areas where people go and like summon each other and fight each other and that we i used to do that and that was fun but it's like good god man sometimes i just want to play the fucking game without a doubt without a fucking doubt but other than that you think it's pretty uh you think it's pretty cool dane like the tested my patience (laughs) and like that that's what i mean of like the invasion and kevin made the good point if i was playing it on my own mm-hmm. i would be a fraction of where i am now just because of uh getting invaded would test like my patience is already yeah, just yeah. nimble thin yeah, yeah. after <laughs> some shit that would happen i mean you you wouldn't even be playing it like after the like the third time you got invaded you i know you would not be playing it like as someone who doesn't really play games like that, like that was like no, a first, I, I just like, into that. Yeah, so I mean, me it, off, it pissed me off. Like I remember the first couple of times it happened, and I was explaining it to him. He was like, "Why is that? Why does it work like that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, oh, but the game itself, I, I, uh, it was uh, tedious is the wrong word that implies that it wasn't fun. It was. Uh, it was kind of like a, a nice arduousness to it. It was, uh, it was yeah. like exercising or something. <laughs> but it, I, I didn't. I do. En- I did enjoy the fun bosses, like uh, the Nameless King. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Kevin and I had so much fun because we, we, we would like. We knew what we were doing, so we would like let ourselves be killed by <laughs> yeah. uh, what was his name. Uh, <laughs> fucking Osiris. The yeah, yeah. We were so good that game. we were like, let's just keep throwing it so we can keep coming back. <laughs> and, and boy, did we keep coming back. Yeah, I think we decided to go to Osiris because I wanted to go to Arch Dragon Peak mm-hmm. and like get Titanite chunks for him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it was because we were, it was a breeze up to that point. Like both dancer fights, we beat it in one try. Which, you know, if first time you ever played the game, the Dancer of the Boreal Valley was a fucking bitch. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, this is going really well. So I was like, all right, we'll kill Osiris real quick. And I told him beforehand, I was like, Osiris is like one of the worst bosses in the whole game. Mm. Uh, there's not much, anything really redeeming about him. Uh, <laughs> and so he's like, not very fun. So let's just you know, get our weapons, lightning weapons, kill him real quick, and it'll be whatever. And I don't know what it was. I think we might have been, like, uh, under-leveled or something, and I just didn't expect it. 
Because got like that boss took us more tries than anything for mm-hmm. some reason. And I also kept like it would lag really badly for me, and I'd keep like I'd use up all my heals. Like every time I'd heal, it would take two heals because he would be on me again. <laughs> so, like, and it would it's fucking infuriating. Yeah. And then so you know, in the context, add that with invading and me alone. Yeah, I wouldn't have done. Mm-mm. Wouldn't even gotten there. <laughs> So, but anyway, I, I enjoyed it. It was, um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I ever would. That's good. That's good. I think that Dark Souls Three is definitely the. And I like the combat a lot. Like it's it's, uh, I don't know. It seems why I don't play those games is to me it just seems like the combat's boring. But I liked it. Yeah, though I, I think Dark Souls Three is the easiest one to uh, get into because it kind of gives you like the best that the the series has to offer i feel like um dark souls 2 is my favorite but a lot of people think that it's too easy um and then dark souls 1 is probably like the most like most people like that one the most but it's it definitely has like some questionable (laughs) things in it (laughs) so i feel like uh dark souls 3 is definitely a good entry point um do you think that you'll be interested in playing the other ones dane I think as time goes on, perhaps. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think the next one I would consider is Dark Souls One. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be like I don't know. Yeah, I'll Dark- probably have a wife and kids by the time. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Souls Three just has like the most crisp like combat. Mm-hmm. It like obviously the graphics are best, mm-hmm. better, the best out of it because it's like years old, uh, newer than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bosses are like a lot more like thought out. Like the pathing of the game is a lot more thought out. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like a pretty good experience overall. Yeah, Dark Souls One is like, uh, it's like hard to explain. It's like playing through that game the first time was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls Two is a uh, not good at all compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. I know you like it for some reason, but you know. I'm sorry, but that's just my opinion. No, no, so, I understand. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to get butt hurt about it. Yeah. Somehow it feels even clunkier than Dark Souls 1, a mm. game it has about four years on. Uh, the boss quality is enormously decreased. It, there's like a couple of them that make up for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but overall, it's like, oh, the Prowling Mage is fun. Yeah, I think. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad game though. Like exactly, you know, yeah, that's it, the way I, I look. If you compare it to the rest of the Souls, it's definitely the weakest one. But if and comparing it to just games as a whole, it's still pretty good. Um, and I think I like Dark Souls two so much because that was the first one that I like beat. The first one, like I played Dark Souls one first, but then I made it to uh the uh the catacomb, the place where it's like pitch dark, like. And there's like the fucking big skeletons lurking in the darkness. Uh, the tomb, the tomb yeah, of the that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, that is where I like stopped playing, and I just kind of just stopped there. And then two came out, and I played with my friends and actually finished it. So I think that's probably why I like it more. But they're all all the games are still great. Even the Demon Souls uh game is still good for what it is, especially the remake and stuff like that. Yeah, I recommend I, it though. Yeah, I played like the original Demon Souls. Like, I tr- played through it like 
I had it like I was borrowing it from a friend because mm-hmm. it was so fucking old at that point and it yeah. wasn't like as popular. So I tried to play it through it like one time and I got like 75% of the way through it and I was like, <laughs> why? And obviously I had played Dark Souls 1 mm-hmm. like and beat it at this point. That's why I wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this game is way worse than the other yeah. one. Like, it's like, why do I lose half my health when I die one time? And I don't get it back until I beat the next boss. <laughs> yeah, a little, little crazy, but it's funny because like after playing all of them, like I've, I've beaten all the Dark Souls games, including Bloodborne uh, and Sekiro. And then when I went back to play Demon Souls, the remastered version, that game is so easy. Like it's incredibly easy. The levels are really, really short and the bosses are so like just ABC. <laughs> it's like it's 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 a... It, <laughs> It's a, it's a cakewalk compared to all of the other games. Um, but I'm glad that you're a part of the, that, that you're a part of the community now, Dan. I'm glad you like it. You like the Souls uh, game. I, I recommend the other ones when you do uh, get so time. I'm part of the community. I have a, I, I, I bought a house on a street. That they <laughs> I haven't decided if I'm going to be staying in. <laughs> Understandable. I have some clothes there. <laughs> I have a toothbrush and <laughs> the sink. No yeah. bed. We're, we, not, uh, we're not close to bed territory. And I, I wanted. I asked him a couple times, but he's still giving me the runaround. Mm. It's like, bro, just like buy the DLC. Like the best content in that game is in the DLC. That's what I hear. I haven't played the DLC. Like all of it. Probably will. Because I mean, eventually, within the next like week or so, we're gonna go back to Soul of Cinder. And then, <laughs> yeah, and, like, and then I'll probably continue it. Oh, Ashes of Ariandel is like a little bit underwhelming because mm-hmm. it's only like two hours of gameplay max. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, like the enemies are pretty cool. It has some bad enemies, but most of the enemies are pretty cool. And then the three phase boss fight at the end is really great. Yeah, I think that's worth. I think that's worth the price. <laughs> that fight was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Plus, I always have to run to the. Uh, <laughs> I always have to run to the fucking DLC so I can get Wilhelm set because mm-hmm. that's like what I use on my playthroughs. Yeah. <sighs> and then Ring City is just so fun. Like everything about it is so good. Mm-hmm. Like Slave Night Gale is so great. The Demon Prince, which is like right after you get into the game, is awesome. Like everything about it's awesome. It's pretty good. Dark Souls, man, just great. Yeah. Just great series all around. Um, while y'all been playing, um, while you guys have been playing Dark Souls and uh, Grand Theft Auto, the rest of the gang has been playing that fighting game that I got everybody. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be interesting to kind of ask you guys, well, I guess I know Kevin. You have a more like nuanced opinion on like why you don't like fighting games. Uh, I don't think I've ever talked to Dane about it, but like I know you guys both are kind of like eh on like fighting games. So I wonder if you'd like to elaborate on it a little bit more. Well, I mean, I, I don't see him as like, oh, these are like bad or whatever. But yeah. and you know, I don't. I try not to sound condescending when I say this, but yeah. I can't help it because it's really my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think fighting games are just kind of like a really outmoded, like, just inferior 
genre of games when it mm-hmm. comes to like competitive gaming mm-hmm. like it, it's most of them like aren't fun at all mm-hmm. unless you have someone just as good as you fighting and you need a lot of actual like <laughs> like time dedication to ever even get to that point so it, it's just like Nah. And, like, because most people, like, the fighting game community is obviously, like, a very, mm-hmm. like, dedicated group. But it, it, when you think about it, relative to other, like, game communities, it's not very big. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to kind of find someone, like, to play with all the time who's just as good as you. And also there's, like, finding the game itself. Because most fighting games are like very badly done, mm-hmm. and what I'm and what I mean by that is like obviously stuff like Street Fighter and Tekken mm-hmm. have been perennially like good, like in terms of like their genre and uh, important in like competitive in like Evo and stuff like that, and Smash Bros. Which on uh, Smash Bros. I'd call like a pseudo fighting game. Yeah, for it's sure. more like. It's more like a party game first, a fighting game second. But, you know, it's still a fighting game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, You know, stuff like that is okay. But then, I don't know why, but every... Like, it seems like 90% of fighting games are just, like, bizarre knockoff cash grabs for something. Mm -hmm. Like, people love, like, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Uh, I liked that game when I first got it because I was way into Naruto. Mm-hmm. But as soon as like the whole like, oh, I'm playing as my favorite Naruto character wore off, I was like, this game is really bad. <laughs> like it's horrendously unbalanced. There's like no skill expression at all. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just spam your ultimate move over and over again. Like the blocking is so like. Like stationary and like, if for such a fast-paced thing, yeah. Like it, there's there's really nothing redeeming about it in the gameplay department. It's so terrible, <laughs> and I feel like most games are like fighting games are like that. It's like, you know, I mean, there's shit like a Shrek Super Smash. <laughs> like most fighting games is shit like that, and I don't like it. <laughs> understandable what about you dave um it has never been my cup of tea and Mm. to keeping with that metaphor not only has it not been my cup of tea you will never find me uh uh boiling the water to make the tea (laughs) it's it's not i I don't it's yeah it's not like a game like i've ever any of the games it's not like something i go seek out myself like it's not just For like sure. how, like, I mean, like, y'all aren't, with the exception, I think, of Doug or maybe one of the other, like, Marines are not, like, Crusader Kings people. I never played it. I I, I want to try it because I'm always down to it's, try. It's really fucking hard, but I, I, I want to get Doug to in, show in you terms that, of like, fun stuff. In terms of, like, RTS games, it's uh probably, like, top 20. <laughs> I never played an RTS either. I think they're re- them I, like Civilization, but I I've never liked Civilization. Civilization. I like Civ. Like I've played that. It's the thing it about, is that I like Crusader <laughs> Kings and anything that Paradox makes is that it's it's precisely because what makes them niche is that it's 
there's so much things to do. Yeah. Like you have to manage I think everything. I think the remastering Rome Total War, so when that comes out, just play that. Yeah, yeah, that's Rome Total War is like I think in my personal opinion, like the best RTS game ever made. Really? Have like, you have have you guys played uh like StarCraft? Like StarCraft two? Star I mean that's like kinda I don't know, like StarCraft is okay. Like, I played it before, but mm-hmm. there's just something about, like, StarCraft being a competitive-only sort of thing. Yeah. It does have a campaign, but no one's ever fucking played it. Right. Uh, it does. It, it's like being, like, competitive, like, only. Mm-hmm. And it, it being so hard. Like, the way to play StarCraft is just to, like, out cheese your opponent and all this stuff like there's not a lot of like at this point in the game i should clarify Mm. like because at this point in the game the starcraft community is just so like it is like crazy about the game and they played it so much that as a new player you don't really have like a lot of room to express yourself with how you play it It, you know it's either Learn some strategies on the internet, or you're going to get rolled every single game. Also, it does that thing where a lot of multiplayer games don't do this anymore, but uh, back when I played uh, StarCraft II, uh, it, this was the case, where like if you played le- just like a game with six people in it, mm-hmm. and one guy stops, starts lagging or has bad internet, uh, it will unironically stop the entire game pause it for everyone, and then have a message on there saying, sorry, uh, eat that pussy 445 is lagging. We have to wait. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And then, of course, like the community, it, people will bombard you with messages if that is happening to you. Mm-hmm. It's on our election. Quit ruining StarCraft. Kill yourself. <laughs> Kevin Richmond. <laughs> that's uh, that's that sounds horrible. Um, yeah. So I mean, but it it is like a it, it in terms of like competitive RTS, it's like obviously like the most successful and stuff like that. But like I think like stuff like Rome Total War, like when it was in its heyday, was like the best. Is because I don't know. There, there's just something and it about started its own kind of genre of that. Yeah, it basically is- like spawned its own genre. Like, there's the PvP is fun. I, I mean, it's an old game, so right. <laughs> obviously there are some problems with it. But yeah. the PvP is fun, but it's not even like the main focus. Like, playing through the campaign is like super fun. Like, it takes a long time to beat, mm-hmm. like, a long time. <laughs> but uh, it's just, if you like micromanaging and like doing all this type of stuff, it's not over it's hard but it's not like overwhelming there's a lot of different stuff that goes with it like it's just a good time also the other aspect of why like that's more that's not more it is my cup of tea is that the games i play seriously that are for fun but i have i've clocked the most hours in overwhelmingly they all uh have some thread of historical interest for me Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I play Rome because I want to play as Rome or the Seleucids or something like that, which that's it, very um, niche to say that. But Or like, I play Crusader Kings because I want to play as a certain king 
or uh, I mean, you could like we've been playing Grand Theft Auto, and yeah. you know that doesn't really have any uh, historical ties to it. And there's like, but I don't, I I don't like play Grand Theft Auto for more than just kind of just shitting around. Yeah, for sure. Um, like Mountain Blade's the same way with me too. All the Total War games are that way. Like that's overwhelming. Like I'm looking at my desktop right now, and I could just name off all the Total Wars I have installed right now. But uh, you know, uh, like what I wanted to say it earlier, but we kind of went past it with the whole like fighting game thing. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest, like I kind of already illustrated it a little bit, but my biggest problem with it is it's kind of like. I already said, if you don't have someone who is just as good as you, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to have a lot of, have any fun. Because, and it's because I saw a Twitch clip of like, Ms. Kiff and his friends, and his girlfriend asked like, hey, does anyone want to play me in Smash? And uh, Simply, who's a great streamer, he he uh, held like the Mario Super 4 speedrunning world record, so he's big in the Nintendo stuff. Mm-hmm. He immediately just goes, no. And she's like, "What? Like what? Like why don't my friends want to play games with me?" It's like, "What is good? You don't know how to play. Like I'm sorry. We're gonna get in there. You're gonna go. I don't know what I'm doing, and we're gonna destroy you." And be like, oh, "Well, this is fun." And that kind of encapsulates like the genre as a whole for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not fun playing against someone who's worse than you, and it's not fun getting like smacked around either. With Without a doubt. I think, um, so, okay. So before I met like you guys and I, and before I even started like playing games like online and stuff like that, fighting games have always been kind of like a staple in my life, like in my childhood and stuff like that. Whenever there was like a multiplayer, um, thing that I would do when like family came over, I went to like a family member's house or I hung out with friends. It was always, um, either like racing games like Mario Kart or it's fighting games, whether it would be, uh, Tekken. I was a Tekken kid. Um, and like the Naruto and Dragon Ball Z fighting games. Um, those games, <laughs> the Naruto one, you're absolutely right. It is uh, very, it's horribly balanced. And it's funny because just recently, I want to say maybe last year, they put out a patch for it because they said they were going to try to support it as like an actual competitive fighting game. And that patch was a hot mess. Like the game itself wasn't meant to be like a competitive game, but they tried to make it one and it just... Yeah, you know, I mean, you try to appeal to everyone, you end up appealing to no one. Um, But uh, you're absolutely right in terms of fighting games. It isn't fun to get your ass kicked um, (laughs) over and over again. And it seemed like that's something that you have to do with most fighting games, especially ones you try to play like competitively. Um, I know when uh, I want to say maybe six months ago or no maybe about a year ago right when the pandemic shit really started kicking off i was like you know what i want to pick up a fighting game because i know there'll be a lot of people to play with because fighting games also have very short lifespans (laughs) so they'll be booming for a little bit and then they'll die and then you can't find any matches so i tried to get into street fighter and i just got my ass kicked over and over and over and over again for like two weeks and that's not fun um but with this fighting game that we've been playing um I never played it before. Uh, it's dead because a new iteration of it is about to come out in June. Um, so this version is, is dead. Um, but, you know, I was like, oh, this I, I bought it. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Uh, it's it's straightforward. So I bought it for all of my friends or like a, a, a big group 
of my friends and I'm just like you know, none of us have played this game before and none of us are, me and Richie played fighting games like on and off, but this game is different enough to where we all kind of will be on the same like skill level just starting out. So when we be, when we play, it's still pretty cool because all of the matches we play, nobody is like the skill differential is close enough to where there's never been any like stomps. Um, it's always been like really close. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like just overall, I think that it's just a pretty uh, accessible time. Um, but I can understand your issues with the genre because you're at 100% right in everything that you said. Because um, when I play, try to play like every once in a while, I'll find a match that's not like, you know, the homies and they they are they're fighting game players are a different breed <laughs> you just can't you just can't do shit so i can understand um you're the, the and, the and you know like the community around fighting games i think is like one of the most interesting like gamer gamer communities there are mm-hmm. so like i kind of feel bad sometimes when i'm like i basically because i literally said the words like competitively it's like outmoded and kind of like an inferior like competitive game genre and i feel bad because people like love them so much Mm -hmm. but uh, man it's just like the upsides that like a video game like a video game is supposed to have in most people's minds like fighting games just don't tick hardly any of the boxes (laughs) yeah for sure and It's it's like and it's like whatever. Like I, I don't think it's like bad. Like I think fighting games are like very important for the history of video games. But mm-hmm. nah, just I'm not, I, I've just never been like crazy about them. I Understandable. Don't know. Understandable. They are they they um uh, they are something. I still they I still ask that you give the one I gifted you a try because we like it. Uh, even Brian, who said the exact same thing that you said, he he seemed to be enjoying it. Um, but you know, what I mean, I didn't spend too much on it, so I won't <laughs> I won't be butt hurt if you if you like nah, this ain't for me, anything like that. So uh, it is what it is. Um, moving on from fighting games, um, do you guys want to talk about the the kind of shit that's been going on with the fucking the cop killing? people innocent people and the mass shootings uh there, there's kind of there's kind of one there's kind of one i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and uh, i talked to you about it yesterday but yeah i hadn't i've kind of i had kind of been avoiding uh talking about or watching rather i'd kind of been avoiding like the video about the cops like like harassing that afro latino army lieutenant yeah because I was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to get upset if I watch this. Mm-hmm. But I finally got around to watching it last night. And it, it's just like, I, I just don't understand. Even with like all the background information that was actually given that like outside that you don't know in the, vi- in the video, like I just don't understand. Like I can't wrap my head around it. Because if you haven't seen the video, what happens is this guy who who he's an Afro Latino, like army Lieutenant. He is in his military uniform 
and he's it it's the middle of the night and it shows him pulling to like a gas station because two cops are pulling him over and they instantly jump out of the car guns drawn like saying like show me your hands like like clearly like emotion and fear in their voices like they're gta cops or something. exactly it's <laughs> like show me your hands please some like please show me your hands and he does and he's like what's what's happening and uh he he's saying like <laughs> one thing he's like what have i done wrong and they're like i want you to reach down and like open the door and he said he like get out of the car and he says to him it's like like uh i'm gonna be honest with you i'm afraid to do that yeah and the cop looks dead at him and just says yeah well you should be mm-hmm. and it's like I'm it's like did you become a cop because you got your ass kicked in high school every day <laughs> like I, I don't understand it's like how can people who act like this like get a such a serious position in our society that has like so much like responsibility and like personal power ingrained into it because clear like because the older cop who did most of like the the like aggression transgressions who he pepper sprayed him for no reason is like told him it's like, you're going to ride the lightning boy. If you don't get out mm-hmm. just like shit like that. Like he ended up getting fired when people actually saw the video. And, uh, I was like, okay, that's great. He got fired. Like he's not going to be a cop anymore, but like, how did he even, he looked like an older guy. It's like, how did he last this long? How did he even become a cop? Like having that sort of temperament. Like I, I just don't. I, I really don't understand. And I told you this last night, Jazz. But it really shocked me how because in America, you know, it, there's like kind of two things that go with this. Mm-hmm. One, you know, supposedly you're not supposed to get like special treatment. The law applies to everyone. But we all know that's kind of not how it works. Right. And uh, the reason that. The second part plays into that is we are a country that we're supposed to really uh, like venerate our veterans and active duty people. Right. Like they, they are like that is like a real position, especially if you've seen combat or something. It's like a really big position of like respect in American society. Right. So this guy, he's not even like you know, for lack of a better term, like a boots on the ground guy. He's, he tells the guy, I am an active duty lieutenant in the U.S. Army. And they don't care. Uh, they just disrespect him anyway, mm-hmm. which just tells you that the they cop... Think that yeah, they are they're, yeah, their prejudice against mm-hmm. black people outweighs the, their, like, the supposed, like, reverence we're supposed to have for these people who you know like serve overseas like in real combat situations mm-hmm. and it's just like goddamn like it like he was black first military second in their eyes and you know that was just kind of heartbreaking to see you know i think we kind of, we've talked about like um this before uh like how the united states we you know, come to the pessimistic position that, you know, we can never fix the gun problem mm-hmm. because we have a gun culture. Yeah. I think we also have a, a police culture. Mm-hmm. 
more than any of the other Western country. More than way more than Britain or France or Germany because this shit doesn't happen there. I mean, there's and there's instances of like, racism and like the British police have had problems with that, but uh, it's never been gunning them down. Yeah. Um, and with ours, there's I think there's just like a mentality that for one thing, I mean, and I'm getting sick and tired of hearing oh there there are some good cops. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, well, there are some bad cops too. So that you know, tit for tat, we come straight back, straight back to zero. Yeah. And like, there's just, I think there's just has to be a level of the police being, uh, as a whole, being taken down a peg or two, because there's this. I mean, and everyone knows it of of cops that they're, you know, that they, everyone has had a sit, has had a, um, a personal experience. I would say. With a cop who's just being an ass, and who's you, you, he's obviously taking advantage of his position. That's also a human thing. But as Kevin says, like you were probably uh, bullied in high school, and like it's it's your 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 prejudice has has landed you where you are now, and it's pushing it. And there's there's this this think they think that they're almost like for him, like I what I think went in, went through their minds was, yeah, he's military. But he's black and in the military, and we're cops, so that makes us even. And like this, and if any, uh, if anything, it's almost made them see like once they saw that uniform, they thought, well, now we have to do what we're doing to like to show our to show that we we really are men, and we're you know we're we're superior to be able to do this. And again, because it's they cops don't think of themselves and that and. I would say just an overarching cop culture as as like on level with you know, with things like the militaries like they're just as important. And you know no one's no one in their right mind is going to say that we don't need a police force, okay? That's the last thing anyone's going to say. Right. But I do think that there needs to be they need to be taken down many pegs because they're it's they're so self-righteous on that. And it's like that guy is like, oh, he was fired. Like, yeah, well, that that showed him he was fired. And he, it, whatever. Yeah, I, I think, think that's what we I remember last time we talked about something like this. I want to say it was the episode where we had McCoy on and um, I forgot which one of you said I think it was. Dane, well, one of you said something that like the cops do too much. Like we call it, or yeah, was it Kevin? Yeah, I said that. Oh, oh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah like oh, the yeah. cops are called for literally everything. Um, and there needs to be, uh, a, we need to find a way to kind of spread them out a little bit more. Um, and I feel like it, the whole saying, you know, abolish the police thing, I think that especially with watching this video as well as um the video of the cop killing um adam toledo the 13 year old uh hispanic kid um it's just like i do think that we need to abolish the police and then it needs to be replaced with something um we need to have kind of like these different uh teams or like squads that handle different shit. You know what I mean? If somebody like that one, um, that one, uh, black kid, uh, who was autistic that was killed by the cops, uh, Elijah, I think I can't remember his last name. Um, like there need to be people who are able to deal with like mental health crises like that. And then, uh, 
they can be like a neighborhood watch, like a glorified neighborhood watch that could be like the normal cops, the ones doing traffic stops that don't have guns um, or anything like that. Uh, maybe a taser, um, you know, stuff like that. And then there could be the people that they need to call in when there's actual like, oh shit, there's a shootout over here. Okay, and we could send in the people with guns or like, oh, hostage situation. Then we, you know what I mean? And then those people aren't on regular duty with their guns. Exactly. And those people are the ones that need to be like trained like, yes, for like years. That's what I mean of taking them down a peg is this like, you have to go back to what the root. And because this culture's got a, out, obviously gotten out of hand, mm-hmm. because it's it's been it culture does this because it's either in media or it's just in you know the uh, social consciousness of the police. But uh, they've forgotten just the regular ones in that case. Forgotten um, regular police are just public watch. They're just the public watch. I mean, they're supposed to go around. If someone's ma- uh, committing a robbery, they'll stop them. Or if you know, someone's causing a nuisance, they'll stop them. Uh, but they should not have uh, the ability to end lives yeah, for any so reasons. I, I think they're... Because uh, obviously they've shown that they they they, they, all, they can't make the choice. Like, it's it, and it, given the choice, they're going to choose to end someone's life for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to... There's a, a big, like, conglomerate of issues that when all working together like makes our police system just terrible and <laughs> one of them being police are obviously not psychologically vetted enough in sort of in conjunction with they're not trained well enough mm. and and even you could put in they're not educated enough like not having an edu- like being able to be a cop when you don't have an education in this country is insane like having such a res- a position of responsibility is like insane actually like I, I there's every excuse you hear it's like oh he was scared for his life he was this and that it's like if you are a fr- like the Tamir Rice thing mm-hmm. it's like if you are afraid enough to shoot a child dead within 3 seconds of getting out of your car you don't have what it takes to be a cop yeah. you don't I, like, really I can't believe you ever even made it that far. It's like, oh, they have a hard yeah, job. Like, thing. Plenty of people have yeah, a hard they job. They do not have a hard job. Active combat soldiers actually do. Yeah, um, like re- relatively obvious. But, you know, like, and then they are able, they're not held account accountable for what they do enough. Mm-hmm. Like, not even close. Uh, because these hair trigger incidents happen because these because these just mentally feeble afraid men with god complexes like just freak out and end up killing someone and then there's no they don't get punished for it be the thing that would help it in the short term is and you know what, the hammer down on the ones that happen yeah, and, and I think examples of them. Like Elijah McClain's death is, I think, one of the most tragic mm-hmm. that in this category that has happened because he was like a 23 year old, like autistic kid who it turns out he used to like play violin to cats at animal shelters. Like that is that sounds like something like a character in a spoof movie would do yeah. to show that they're good. Yeah, and. 
so three cops were involved in his murder. Murder? Mm-hmm. Like choking him to death and giving him a bad dose of like ketamine or something and sending him to cardiac arrest. Like, and then they said like, oh, all three of our body cams got knocked off in the struggle. Let me just say, it's like, because there's a lot of things like, oh, police turning off their body cams before something happens. Uh, they need to make it to where if you were a cop and your body cam gets turned off during an incident for any reason, you are instantly charged with tampering and destroying evidence, yeah. like minimum. Like that is, and like I've heard fucking, uh, I've seen recordings of like incidents with the police where there's one, I can't even remember what it was, but one cop tells another because like his colleague had fucked up like pretty badly and he realized that he was like, do you want me to get rid of the dash cam like evidence? And the guy looks at him, he's like, I don't give a fuck. It's fine. And it's like the fact that they are so brazen that they <laughs> would suggest doing something like that. And then like, okay, let's just leave it in. Cause we're not going to get punished anyway. Like that just sums it all up. Doesn't it? Yeah, man, you're you're one hundred percent right, man. And even like you can even find like Elijah like McLean's like last words, and it's heartbreaking. Like it's 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 heartbreaking. He he's literally like like pleading for uh, pleading for his life with these people, and it's 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 sad. And I like it's just like what can you do? You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of these sort of, it leads to a sense of hopelessness. You know what I mean? Especially for, um, especially for like black people. It's like, damn, I hope I don't ever get pulled over by the cops because I never, like that could go either way. And it's just like, it's something, (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, she's crazy. Shit's crazy. This whole shit is crazy, and I and I don't know what we can do to fix it. And uh, what's his name? Uh, the New York governor, Chris Cuomo, Cuomo uh, said like, "Oh, what, what, like oh, nothing's ever going to change until like white people start getting like fucked up like this." And it's just like, that's not damn, yeah, like you know, what I mean, like that's not, not gonna happen. happen. They're gonna have to stage that. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't ever like. Because it you get it gets really hairy to put things this way. Yeah, for sure. It immediately makes people emotional about it, and I always hate that. Yeah, yeah. Hard. But it really is a racial thing. I mean, mm. I mean, no, I mean, my God, <laughs> you shot like you're. No one's gonna. Who's gonna think? Who's anyone in their right mind is not gonna say that they don't, at the very least, have some respect for a servant, a, you know, a serving lieutenant. Yeah. Um, and then to say, oh, oh, but he's black. That trumps everything else. And it's, and it's so hypocritical and it's entirely a race thing. And if you notice, like, I just, I feel that the police over the past 30 years in the, in this country have increased vastly Yeah. to the point. I mean, I mean, there's always been incidents of, you know, you can go back to the, you know, 1910s New York and find a bunch of. Uh, Irish cops on the beat who is as corrupt as the day is long and mm. beat up protesters or some shit like that. Uh, but at least they had nightsticks, not guns. And But in this case, it's like 
the brazen thing of like half the country who just like double down on and they, they it just gets more and more brazen how do you defend elijah how do you defend that you you literally how can can't. you not say that those men should go to uh prison for the rest of their lives and in my opinion we should have some a bit of medieval justice and say <laughs> an eye for an eye son of a bitch this is this that's literally why i'm so worried about like the Derek chauvin case oh there's i was telling kevin this i hope it doesn't go this way uh but uh representative maxine waters apparently mm-hmm. said something to some michigan uh protesters was it michigan or minnesota where is that at? Is it Minnesota? Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. No, it was, they're right next to each other. But, um, but she said that if the trial goes badly, you know, if if a guilty verdict is not found, then there, she said there will be need for further confrontation. And the judge has said that that is a that there is a case now to be made for uh, like a retrial. Yeah, well, basically, Uh, well, well, for him to call a mistrial and then the defense to make a well, what he said exactly is like, like literally, what you just said made it possible for when, for when it when he gets declared guilty for his his appeal to like actually have like a high success like a high chance of like success and it's like motherfucker she's not calling for there to be violence obviously but mm-hmm. the thing is is that is legally i'm and the judge wouldn't say that if it's not legally correct um so i i mean i hope I, i'm i'm pretty confident there will be a guilty i don't see why they're they have all the evidence to show that it that yeah same um, that, that, that's why i'm just like i'm f- but you I'm never still know. just yeah, I you mean, don't know. One of those things that, that if they if they do not pronounce him guilty, there will be riots. Oh yeah, with there will be riots. There riots. Will be protests. No protest. Yeah, and, and oh, you know at least we won't have Trump this time. You know, threatening to shoot the rioters. Mm. Um, yeah, causing even more fucking chaos. You know, that'll be great. That'll be like the fucking Bastille. Yeah, I mean, like th- during the French Revolution. Uh, <laughs> One thing that happened when there was like the chaos brewing in Paris and it was really starting to kick off like a duke in uh, like the Austrian Netherlands said something like, oh, if anything happens down there, I'm going to come down there and burn Paris to the ground. And uh, that went over about as well as you could think. It galvanized them they, all together, and it may, and it was fucking chaos. They after that. immediately the the sans culotte, which was basically the lowest of the low peasants of the, they are they're also not good people. I'd like to say they're not admirable. They're mm-hmm. just the mob. They're just uh, you know mindless peasants who just kill on sight. But once that was the French were already well into a a, a losing war with rest the rest of Europe over the revolution. And uh, the commander of the coalition forces said, if anything happens to the king or his family, I'll burn Paris to the ground and kill everyone on my way there. Mm-hmm. And the peasants of, of Paris immediately took to the streets and they went to the prisons and they killed everyone there who were like royalists and shit. They do shit like uh, they, they're one of their favorite things to do. And we're getting off topic with these antidotes, but I love stories like this. Oh, I um, think it'll bring it um, right back. So go but, as far as uh, you want. Um, but what that one of their favorite things to do is they pick up someone and you know and if you if five guys are around you and pick you up there's fuck all you can do mm. 
Um, and they would pick you, pick you up by your arms and legs and then like ram you into the wall with your head first. Jesus. And like, and so, but that's that the points that's, you know, being made is since that's not going to make it better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like when the reason people riot is because they feel like they, they feel like they have no other choice. Yeah. Like they feel like they're in danger or they're being like threatened in some way and they that is like how they lash out like they get together mob mentality takes over and they lash out and <laughs> if we don't do the right thing this time it's going to happen again but like way worse than before mm-hmm. like like i said it has to be every time there's a case like this in my opinion the federal government should use the fbi to intervene to the point to make make it hate crimes and say like well if local departments aren't going to do anything the fbi is going to charge you with a hate crime and come down hard on your ass that way and it and that way it's publicized that each time every single time we see this happening we are going to legally gut the person that we find doing it and set the precedent that each one of those is guilty right just one after the other and then, because obviously uh, the departments aren't going to do, they're not going to do a fucking thing. All they're going to do is say, put them on administrative leave or something or suspend them. Mm. Because God forbid we fire a fucking murderer. <laughs> um, and, and then and then maybe at the end they'll fire them. But it's like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. So really what you get if you're a police officer is you get one out of jail free card. And you can kill someone and just basically be fired. You know, maybe yeah. even get a severance package. So you can end someone's life, and then basically, comparatively, nothing will happen. Like, like it's just so. <laughs> and you know, so like this other the the, the Dante Wright's case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really read into it all that much. Like, I haven't watched the body cam video. I haven't really read anything about it, kind of for the same reasons like the lieutenant thing, because mm-hmm. every time I see something like this, like it makes me upset like nothing else does. Mm-hmm. Like it seriously does. Yeah. But obviously I know the story behind it, which was a cop claims that they shot him with a gun accidentally because they thought they were reaching for the taser. Now, uh, with that... I suppose, that's one of those things, like, I suppose it's physically possible. And, you know, in your life, you kind of think about stuff like that. It's like, you know, what if I made this worst-case scenario mistake? It's like, wouldn't that kind of fuck everything up? Yeah. Like, haha. But I cannot, like, you know, maybe it was an accident. And, you know, maybe she fucking, uh, you know, adopts kittens in her spare time, and she's not a bad person. Right. I don't know, but what I will say is, I every cop I've ever seen has their gun on their right side and their taser on their left side. Mm-hmm. A cop who, you know, unless it was her very first day, I assume would know that. So I, I find it very hard to believe that you could make a mistake like that also, uh, <laughs> I'd have to imagine that a gun and a taser probably feel pretty different in your hand. 
especially when it's your literal job to handle them all day. Mm. So, I mean, you're going to forgive me if I'm, if I smell a little bit of bullshit on this. I, I just, I don't understand. The farther we go into this, the more it, to me, it becomes clear that we can't avoid just getting bogged down in the mire of race relations. Because like I said, like, I think there's a cop culture and I think that it, it stands in its own mind that, you know, there's no one single mind of it, but it's like a, a, a consciousness of it. It stands in direct uh, opposition to what they consider black crime culture. And it's sort of like with her again, that would not have happened with a white person. Yeah. If she saw me, it would she would not feel threatened. And you know that people can say, "Oh, disagree with that." That's just true. I mean, for one thing, myself, I'll admit freely, like anyone, like if I got stuck in the wrong part of Dallas, that you know, let's be honest, would mm-hmm. be a more African American uh, centered, or le- 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 more than that, it's less white people, frankly. Yeah, it's uh, just impossible. It's Basically, poverty, exactly. It, it, I mean, it's poverty. People like people who aren't from poverty get uncomfortable around it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, mean, that is that is that's a fact. Just the way it is. I mean, as I'm, I would be that way if I like. There are some areas around where we live that are probably really mostly white people that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be caught uh, around. And but it's in their case, I think it's just sort of what they're. It's like they're dealing. They're they're almost like this. They well, not almost. They have the mentality of. Okay, I'm kind of, I need to be wary that I'm dealing with kind of a wild animal. Mm. Like that I need to be, I I need to be more on my guard. I'm not dealing with one of my own. So I need to be more on my guard. And and what that translates to, I need to be on my guard is I'm probably, I may have to kill them. Mm. Or it'll be. I'm I'm more likely to reach for my gun than my taser for some fucking reason. Have them in the same pocket like I would my phone and headphones or some shit. <laughs> I mean, in, in in her case, it's like okay, well, I, I, if you're saying it's a mistake, I guess that's your word. But you're still going to be charged uh, with criminal negligence. Yeah, gross criminal negligence. And that's I. This is one of those things that I think is. Yeah, oh, it's not going away in another ten years. It's it's going to come to a head, I think. Yeah, we just need because to make- it has at its heart a race issue. That's just not. There's an endemic problem of, like I said, like there's it's there. Uh, it's like a culture versus an imagined culture, and it's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, I guess there is. You. It, it's a tough, prickly question. Like, yes, there is a lot of African American crime. Like, there is, but but that's because of poverty. It's because of poverty. Yeah. I mean, uh, so if it, it's like anything in government, it all feeds on each other. So if economics could fix that, but it's oh, it's such a fucking mire, and I don't know how to get out of it because it is a race thing. Like, you can you can do admit you can have administrative solutions to these these problems. I mean, like I said, the coming down hard on each one of these cases is a short-term fix, but they're still going to keep happening because there's been a culture of this for 50 fucking years, and it's now become more and more exemplified because it's now in the forefront of 
in national consciousness because it can be on social media within the hour and you get divided opinions straight down the middle. Right. I don't know, man. So, it's it just like, uh, like, like there just needs to be like, you know, no bullshitting around very big and immediate changes. Like no qualified immunity anymore. Like it, it's been no, shown that it, it's sort of like the kid that you kind of gave a little bit of liberties to, but he abused them. So I was like, well, sorry, you have no right to that anymore. No more qualified oh, well, it shouldn't immunity. even be there. It's like I was saying, like, that's too much power for just regular yeah, cops well, to have. They're exactly. not the fucking well, FBI. They're not a federal institution. Get rid of it. Maybe we maybe to do something like you can have like a taser, nightstick, whatever. But until you have like proven yourself to be responsible, you know, maybe cops have to wait until they even get a gun. Unless it's like an emergency situation, then they can like have one, I guess. But it's like, you know, take the firearm out of the equation immediately. Then make it harder to be a cop. You know, like a position of such fucking responsibility, like, should not just be, like I, I've already said, crazy motherfuckers like that should never get in there in the first place. Like, no exceptions. Like, you can't be a fucking idiot and be something that important. Like, it, it's fundamentally yeah. wrong. I agree 100%. And, you oh, know, and you hear, like, the argument of, like, well, you, uh, like, what you're saying, just basically give them the baton and, uh, and, and uh, de-weaponize them substantially on um, mass until they have, you know, they have acquired the right to carry a gun at some senior level. And the argument will always, well, that'll result in more dead cops because, you know, there's still a gun crisis everywhere. It's like, yeah, that's true. But you know what? They'll adapt just like all the other police departments in the world have. It's not, I mean, yeah, we do have a, a, a gun problem in the United States, but Jazz, you said it earlier, it's like, well, then that gives us a means to have a, you know, a sub-department of it. Yeah. The cops on the beat do not need it. it, it especially if they have proven that, themselves yeah, that they're not Yeah, exactly. Enough. Like, of course, you know, it's on the whole, they don't. But, you know, say it's like almost like a platoon mentality. Like, for every 10, two should have it. Exactly. It's, and it's, you know, it's like, because oh, they so have something shown like that something they'll like be in that the result, and kill Something like that will result in more... You know, police like injuries and fatality. It'll put them in more danger. It's like, you know what? If I can trade that for Elijah McClain's life, I would. Yeah. Yeah. So and also, you know, like, go, it'll go put fuck them yourself. In, I don't it, care. It'll put them in danger. Like, uh, they fucking signed up for danger. Like, that's the whole goddamn point. If you're gonna be public watch, then actually be that. So there's always this this uh, hypocrisy and dichotomy is that they need support, but they're also brave. Like they they need uh, they need they need our support and they need back the blue campaigns, but they're also these brave men who is almost like as if they were conscripted, and they they leave their homes. And I'm sure it is hard to be a cop, but you know that's you chose that. It's. I don't know. It's like it's the pessimistic answer at the end of the day. Yeah, but it is a it is a quagmire, and it's. I think it's there's a real danger that 
directly from it, um, things can get out of hand. So let's say we are unable to find a way to appease everyone. Okay. Cause it seems like I, th- I always was under the impression like, okay, you know what? It's okay. All of these problems that's in the world right now, it's, it's, it's all the, the boomers fault. They're going to die eventually and everything will get better. Right. Um, but no, that's not how it's going to work. And I, and I think the first time it kind of like clicked for me is that when I have conversation with people our age who believe um, like very like racist things, think, oh, the cops are always doing the, like the cops are doing their the right thing. Um, you know, like just these crazy takes from people our age. And it's just like, OK, it seems like r- racism. is It's not going to go away. And there is nothing that we can do to kind of just flip the switch and be like, okay, no more racism. Like <laughs> Joe Biden can't write a bill that says, guys, I banned racism. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't do that. So it's like, do you think that the country should just be like, all right, we're going to split the country into areas where these people can just exist? Um, like kind of like ethno states but like do you think maybe a separate but equal thing should come back but like for real repeat the question so okay so basically what i'm saying is like okay i don't think there's a way that we can appease everyone right oh that's that's the whole point like so so i was saying like do you think there should be a like a for real like separate but equal like maybe like splitting up the country into like divisions and these and so people can just exist because last time we did like or last time america tried to do like the segregation uh, separate but equal bullshit it really wasn't equal but like what if we really like made like okay the this group this part of the country or even if we broke down into like three like micro countries you know what I mean? Instead of just one big one, like we broke it down to three micro countries and there could be like, OK, this country can you do whatever? You know what I mean? You think black people are the plague or whatever. You go to this part. You want to have diversity and, you know, be like intertwined, intermingled. You go to this part. You know what I mean? If you want to stick to your like your race, you know, whatever you go to this. You know what I mean? But all of these still have the same opportunities as the whole country currently does like do you think something like that could work no no me personally definitely not uh, th- i mean that there's so many like practice i mean that's like one of those things that like it sounds good when you say it out loud mm-hmm. but it, when you think about like the practicality of it it's like mm-hmm. there's so much to, i mean for example like I, I don't know if this is like exactly what you meant but mm-hmm. i mean something like oh it's like you know, bl- black people kind of want to live here so they can just live their lives and, you know, be happy or whatever. It's yeah. like, you know, black people don't all live on one side of the country, and the, the ones, they, they probably won't want to, a lot of people probably won't want to move, so it's like, I don't know. That, 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 I, yeah, I'm like, not going to okay. lie. That, that was such, like, a idealistic question. Like, I hate to, like, just be like, that didn't make any sense, because it does make sense. Like, I understand what you're saying, so, but it's such like an idealistic question. It kind of threw me through a loop. Yeah, okay. So what I'm saying is like, because I, 
I don't think that like I'm not pushing for saying like segregation. Let me let me just start there. What I'm saying is like I know just from my own personal experience and then the experience of um, what I see talking to other people who like deal with this sort of stuff or watch this sort of stuff happening, watching on social media and like a lot of like people of color being like, you know, like it really sucks that it feels like that we just can't exist. And it's like, okay, what do we do to, to fix that? And it seemed like that, that is kind of like a, a, a very huge drastic change. So it's like, okay, we can't do that. So let's like try to like ease it, reel it back to it, it, it would be more realistic to do something like that. And it's just like, I'm trying to kind of like problem solve my way through what can be done about it. Because it's very frustrating when these sort of situations happen where it's like, and that pessimistic feel like, oh, I guess we just can't do it. That's just how it is. It's just like, well, it shouldn't be how it is. So we we gotta we like we gotta do so, something. I feel like fundamentally something like racism, uh, it that is a problem that it is a problem that can always be made better, but can never be solved. Mm. Like, like, and there's a lot of problems like that that exist for historical I, reasons. In our and case. and don't get me wrong, the, a lot of times we go, uh, it's just pessimistic. Oh, what can you do? Sort of thing. The cop thing is not one of those. I know exactly what to do. Uh, make these motherfuckers afraid to do something like that. Mm. Seriously. And then, you know, maybe it'll happen every now and then after that, but, hey, it, it'll happen a lot less. For yeah. it's like, for example, like Chauvin, when he did this, first-degree murder, like, you know, no bullshitting around. You know, bing, bang, boom, throw him in jail. Like, like no qualified immunity. And, and on top of the first degree murder, let the family sue him. Yeah. Like, just him. You know, try to, and then try to eliminate this whole police mentality of it's us against them sort of thing. Tell departments, like, you are not going to start, like, publicly defending these murderers. So it, it's not going to happen. It, it like it makes our whole system look bad and causes riots. Like no fucking way. Like this, like this is a problem that can be solved. No qualified immunity, you know, and then all the other stuff we've suggested. Like all needs to happen. You know, just it, it's like just through a number of ways, weed out the fucking, for lack of a better term, MAGA chuds mm -hmm. all in the fucking police force. And then the ones we don't weed out, make them afraid to act on their stuff. Like, genuinely afraid. As afraid as they claim to be when they kill a black guy. Make them that afraid. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And it needs to be done... Uh, it, it has to be done, obviously, the only way it could be done is a federal initiative. Exactly. Make the, F, make the FBI... Uh, make each one of those a hate crime every single one of them even ones that don't even that maybe you know or you know even if they kill a white guy hate crime yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, like oh this isn't as clear cut and dry as the elijah uh uh mcclain is that his last name i think is yeah elijah mcclain uh, yes. yeah 
uh, I almost said McCain. Um, even it's that's obviously clear cut. But if even if it's not a clear cut, every single one of them uh, make it a hate crime, and then first degree murder, and then like you said, the family can also sue him afterwards for damages. Um, and, as and to know, what you were saying, though, Jazz, I agree with Kevin. There's just no way in hell practically we could do that. That, that kind of thing is something that can only happen in a nation that has fallen apart and is rebuilt. Yeah, because the reason why I brought it up is because I, that's something that I've been seeing a lot on social media recently where there are people are just saying, like, you know what? Fuck diversity. Fuck trying to integrate. Fuck all of that. Um, black people, people of color saying this, like, fuck all that. Like, we just want to exist. So if we can have a spot where we can just exist and not have to worry about getting killed at traffic stops and, and whatever, then we, like, I will just take that. You know what I mean? And it's very sad that it's gotten to that point. You where, know what? But there's one side of it that, and I really push back on this, mm -hmm. that you were talking about idealism earlier mm -hmm. in, with this thing. Mm-hmm. Is if that if that's the way things were to go, do you know who would be proven right about their def about their definition of history? Mm. The Nazis, because that's exactly their idea. Mm. Is that cultures cannot they don't mingle? Right. There's no such thing as multiculturalism. It's always decadence. It's there. That's why they believe the Roman Empire fell. Um, and and I don't. I this is set stressed sometimes, but it is not nearly stressed enough as it should be. Is that the United States and the really the Western world and in particular us, the United States, Britain, France, and Germany are going to be the examples for the rest of history whether or not multiculturalism can work. Mm. And it's right now it's showing like it's fraying. It, it's and, and I, don't, I don't think it's falling apart, but it is teetering from things like, you know, the yeah. police issue and, and racism just in general. And it's what I would there was nothing worse than proving the segregationists and the Nazis right. Now, there is something to be to said on that people do naturally segregate. Yeah. I mean, it's like most of the people in my remit are all white people mm -hmm. like and there's no coincidence. It's not a coincidence that, you know, and. It's it's kind of a shopping thing now to, for Chinatown, you know. But that's that happened. Mm. Just that's a sociological occurrence. That's just the way it is. And the racial view of history is that cultures, um, there the Nazis' view of it is that cultures could not commingle because some were better than others. And what I think would happen, and that and this is I don't like speculation on this because mm. history only. You can only talk about history in hindsight. It only right. works backward. Um, right. But just pure speculation of this, what would happen with that is the United States could not exist as a country. Mm. Like what I said, like for something like that to happen, the United States would have to have long since fallen. And it'd be a sort of a dystopian world. And each one of those factions, it would, all it would be is just like it would be making Europe in in uh, on and on the North American continent, because each of those factions, their prejudices, their neuroses against the others, are not going to go away. They're going to get yeah. Wet. They're going to get echo chambered, and it's and it's going and again, it's going to prove the Nazi racial theory of history right, which is now we can actually have the battle of uh, survival of the fittest.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be re- and and that that absolutely makes my uh, guts tremble. That they the I mean, there's nothing worse in history than you know proving them right. And what's the thing about that is is I mean, there is there's this English politician who was very controversial in his time and who had a rising political career, and he sunk it with a speech called River, The Rivers of Blood. His mm. name was Enoch Powell, and it was back in the 60s. Mm. And he predicted, and there are some right predictions in this, he predicted that UK immigration levels were so high and the assimilation was so low that there's going, there is going to be a race conflict a culture conflict between those who come in and those who have been here because the cultures are not compatible. We don't have that as much, but what we do have is we have these running different competing narratives of what the United States is and ought to be. And they are there. I'm, I'm just I don't think they're going to have like a civil war clash. I hate when people say there's not going to be another civil war. It's mm-hmm. not even uh, uh, we are we are very polarized, but we are still a good ways off from 1861. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but like, and also, what would that even look like? Anyway, <laughs> but there, these two competing narratives are going to have to come to a pass. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's going to have to be one that wins, or some sort of compromise between the two. And the only way that happens is strong leadership from the top. It can't it doesn't happen from the um the structures of society. The structures of society are what's pushing it. It's not there needs to be the leadership of from above to knock heads together and say this is the way it's going to be. And it's I mean it's it's like, I mean, why did the Civil Rights Act happen when it did? We discussed this before, but it's because LBJ was there to knock heads together and say, this is just the way it's going to be. The Civil Rights Act happened because a Southerner was there who had the morals and the courage to actually make it happen. Yeah. And it's, it's what it's going to be required here because there's these two competing narratives of what there should be. And, you know, they've been there for a while, but they're, the waves are getting bigger and bigger. But that scenario of the segregation of the whole country is just practically like Kevin said, like that's something a lot of people will talk about is we talk about the philosophy of it, but practically it's just impossible. Yeah. Like there's, there's just no way. How do you, what you would need is like a, a you would yeah. need to use the, you need to do like a voter you, registration database. You would need to do like a genuine, like, <laughs> I hate to say something like this, this extreme, but it need to be like, Trail of Tears level relocating. Oh, yeah, and what you would need is this dystopian Nazi level. Uh, you'd need a race department and, like, people, yeah. like, literally, you'd need some sort of people <laughs> to register as white Well, you're in zone A. And, uh, I mean, it's, oh, it's that's terrifying. <laughs> and, it, and like I said, it's like, it, you put those in those four or five camps, you'd have a civil war in three fucking days. <laughs> I mean, um, imagine putting all the MAGA chudge in one big camp. <laughs> I just, I, there's just no way I see that happening. Even though I will say that this has been, this is, that's not a new idea. That's hap- That's come up many, many yeah, times. Yeah, Malcolm X had that idea. Yeah, Malcolm, and then on the other side, on the uh, Southern Dixiecrat 
uh, segregation side, one of their ideas was uh, to move all the blacks out of Georgia and the South and put them all in up and up north and see if Canada would take them. <laughs> um, Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was that was like going to be their uh, their compromise with LBJ. That didn't work. Um, but that I like that that's that's what the Nazis were going to do with the Jews at first when there wasn't a policy just yeah. to exterminate them. They were actually going to move them I all did. to Madagascar. You know, we're kind of getting like too into like the uh, philosophical reason, the philosophical reasons why it's them. Just think about it like this: it's like okay, so it's like you know, African Americans or you know, what any other minority wants to be in their zone that they can live in and just be peaceful in. Yeah. Okay, when you say it like that, but at the same time, it's like so. Okay, let's just say black family from georgia they've lived there for a whole for a long time mm -hmm. they uh own private property in georgia it's like well sod it <laughs> right like, you gotta go to zone b <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's, when you think about it like that it's like oh that's kind of scary <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. part of that like one or two zones gonna be worse off than the others and like any humans in history it's like i said it's gonna be like medieval europe they're gonna say ah they're failing and, and try to kill them. And then it'll become, they'll have like these little racial conflicts. <laughs> and, and it just. I'm laughing, but it just because it's, it's so ridiculously true. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know terrifying. what? You know what's even worse of that? Like I keep saying we'd be proving the Nazis right. Mm. That's exactly what their propaganda used to say is that why they would say the United States. They confuse our multiculturalism with, you know, like, oh, we don't have industrial power. Prove them the hell wrong. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> like, they would say that we're decadent because we allow so many other cultures. And nothing, there's no, like, what they would say is, the and, and this is in echoed in a lot of far-right people today, is there's no blood or soil that connects us. It's the, Really, it's just the Constitution. And it's our, it's the fact that we've all, to be an American, you have, there's a baseline agreement that you have to make. No, you know, that's bullshit. It's like no blood and soil connects us. Like, uh, the blood of, uh, first and foremost, the civil war. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I don't oil mean of the country. Yeah. I don't well, mean, I, I don't I'm mean not blood saying, as in I'm not saying, I meant blood as like, as in a race. That's what I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying like you mean, like that's what you mean. Of and course believe. not. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you think that like secretly, but I know you're not <laughs> But, uh. Just the fascist part. <laughs> in any case. Uh, Strong government. It's like no Simple blood connects it. us. It's like yes, I've never seen an interracial couple in my life. It's a horseshit thing. But the thing is, is it is okay? I'll put it this: like Kevin and I have had this conversation before. Europe has a an existential immigration problem. Mm. Even like people in the center agree with like, it. Really does. Um, and why it's so hard for them is you know. This is, I don't think this is a racist thing to say, but I mean, each of us like kind of knows what a German looks like. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's a, it, it's a literal race mm -hmm. or what someone from Ireland looks like or Sweden. So it's hard for them because they don't have that history of multiculturalism. 
ours was literally that it's founded on that yeah we were even multicultural to the point that we imported people against their will to come <laughs> here right and <laughs> even though they wouldn't have called that multiculturalism then mm-hmm. but like the uh the bluten soil uh, argument is that that they would say the nazis would say against us is that it's or really any racial historian um says against multicultural societies is they don't have there's not a blood connection to the soil. The Germans felt they had a blood connection to Germany because they'd been there since the Romans. Mm. And like the United States doesn't have that. Now the Indians had it, now we but we took it from them. Um but and then because of that it's it, they would say that we're adrift. And I would say that yeah, we are adrift, but there is we've shown that we're the first nation maybe other than Britain in history to unite based on an ideal and an agreement on that. And there's what I mean of like two different narratives of the country is that, for instance, Kevin said, you know, I would, you said like, oh, the blood spilt in the civil war. Then that needs to be emphasized that, you know, we've already had this con these conflicts. This should not come up again. We're letting this get more out of hand than ever it should be. And it's because we're allowing two different narratives of the United States to, to fight each other over. And like, and again, I say it's, there has to be leaders like, you know, their grassroots campaign is good, but the problem, the, the existential problem of a grassroots campaign is, you know, a lot of grass is good, but there's, it's still a lot of grass. There's no went one big tree growing in the middle of it that makes you take notice. There has to be leadership from the top. That and it, it literally is going to have to be leadership that's like once in a century kind of thing. Because the United States is over the next 10 years, unless things, we just start to calm down somehow. Um, but, you know, with 33% of the country always going to, like they've already shown that they're willing and able well, not able, I should say, uh, but they're willing to basically be traitors and do it for their own kind of racial reasons in a lot of ways, quasi-racial. You notice also how they're never really, like they're too much of a cowards to just say, what I hate is I see it a lot on Facebook. Is like, is basically to say, and I won't use the N-word, but they should just come out and say what they mean, which was that N-word was out and about in public. Mm. And he was he was out unadvisedly. It's that's exactly what they mean. And it, they, mm. the, so they, they have this quasi-racial con, like right wing ism with them. And that has to be stomped out quick because that is that is fifty years from now poisonous and lethal for the United States is what we think of it. Yeah. Um, that's the piece of that. But as to your duration of the segregation thing, that would, that would be an interesting dystopian novel. Hmm. Very bloody. Yeah. It'd be like fallout new Vegas, but without like the, the atomic thing. <laughs> without the bombs. Yeah, who, that's the other thing. Who gets the atomic bombs? <laughs> And then it's like, well, you can have a federal government. Who, who's the federal government made up of? 
<laughs> like uh, a, a couple of people from each zone. Like, well, then it's not. <laughs> it's that. Then it just becomes a fucking federation, and those last well in history. They don't. They, they, they do not. Uh, well, but I don't. I, that to me, I and I don't mean this in any way offensive to you. If you yeah, actually yeah. like that idea, that's your. Problem. I don't. But but like yeah. it's it just seems like one of those things. Like ah, uh, that's better left on Twitter where it was thought. No, I thought about saying something smarmy like that. Like. 10 minutes ago, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying it. It's like, well, thank God the Twitter sphere doesn't run the federal government. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, it's just the fact that, like, I get a lot of my, um, I try to incorporate as many people from many different walks of life in my, like, sphere, so that way, I it, like, I can always kind of, like, have a check in terms of uh, my political excuse me my political um thought processes and just the way that i view the world or like my experience because i understand like yo my the black experience is very different from the white experience and then also um you know the uh the socioeconomic side of it you know i mean poor people uh i didn't grow up poor but you know what i mean my experience is still will be considered very different from people who are uh middle class or upper middle class um stuff like that so i try to like just be on social media and the internet and just try to like soak in like why people feel the way that they feel um in regards to a lot of these things because i feel like you can learn a lot that way um but yeah i don't think that segregation is the way to go um but I can understand where people who say that sort of thing on the people of color side, you know what I mean? Definitely yeah. not the. <laughs> I understand Malcolm X's philosophy. But I just don't agree with it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, in, in any case, from exasperation with the process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's something no one has said, but I think it's very important. So I'm going to tr- backtrack a little bit and say mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, these ridiculous police cases. They happen disproportionately against black people, mm-hmm. but that's not to say they don't happen to white people. Yeah, for sure they do. Like you know, I, I'm white. I've never committed like a serious crime, mm. uh, but I have felt afraid of the police before. Mm. You know, I, I've been pulled over in the middle of the night, and you know, it goes to my head. It's like, you know, what if this is just one of those chicken shits? And he thinks I'm reaching for a gun when I get my insurance card, and he just shoots me, yeah. and I'm fucking dead because he's incompetent. And, and stuff like that happens to white people too. Like, I remember <laughs> it's funny because the libertarians will get all whipped up over like when it happens because oh, gun rights, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I feel like a lot of common ground can be found. It's like a case of like a guy was like playing like uh, video games with like his girlfriend or whatever in like two mm-hmm. in the morning and then some cops like fucking no knock raid his apartment in, mm-hmm. in because they had the wrong apartment and he you know a guy in an apartment in, like kind of a lower middle class part of town it's like what the fuck he like comes to the door with like a pistol behind his back and he's like hello who is it up oh, gun shoots him dead Mm-hmm. Like dead for no reason. Yeah. So I mean, man, it's it, it, now, it, in that point, just kind of for people listening. 
You know, I like I'm not just like a virtue signaler. Yeah. <laughs> like I understand that this is a problem that encompasses anything, but you know, still disproportionate against African Americans. Mm. And I like I've felt that too, is like getting pulled over or something, you're rummaging for your insurance thing and it's and you feel like you're obviously on edge. But like I feel of it as like I need, you know, I need to be very careful what I say. Um, I need to, be, and I also need to be very. I don't need to move at all. And that's the thing. That, like, there's this, there's mm-hmm. this kind of. It's almost. It's not like you know you're dealing with the Gestapo, but I would say it's on the meter. Like, yeah. it's not. It's it, on a meter of one to ten. It, I'd say it's like a one. A guy I went to school with. Like, and, it, I, and that's I, I, scary. I it, yeah. I bet he wouldn't even remember saying this, but a kid I went to school with named Jesus said mm-hmm. something one time. Uh, I, he said it to Richie when I was like kind of around, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like a wow, I've never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. sort of thing. He was like, just think about this. It's like when you see a cop in public, like we have a problem to, just because of the fact of when you see a cop in public, mm-hmm. like if, if you were in like uh, a parking lot or something, there was a cop right across from you, would you feel like, oh, there's a cop here? It's like, huh, well, if something happens, he's, you know, we're safer around him, or do you feel like, oh man, what if he like unjustly singles me out for some reason? Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: it's option B every time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and it's and just you, like you're you're constantly trying to correct what you're doing. Like I the joke with Kevin, I remember years ago we were going to law, Athens or something. Law, yeah. Like, and I was like, isn't it funny how everyone speeds, and I'm included. Everyone speeds the fuck, uh, you know, going you know, it. it the speed limit seventy five. Everyone's going ninety, mm-hmm. and like, but then you see like a cop going by, and everyone suddenly turns. To, oh, the law! <laughs> the law, and everyone's like, oh, no need for seventy five for me. I'm a more of a sixty kind of a guy, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm included. And like, and my dad will. He's hilarious on it. It's like he'll literally go fucking you know ninety five, and then someone's like, and he just breaks down like. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of to go back to like what you were saying about like, you know, you having to, um, you're getting pulled over and you're like, you know, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta make sure I, I approach this, uh, interaction a certain type of way. I gotta make sure I talk and use a, a calmer tone, make sure I have, don't have any jerk, crazy movements and stuff like that. And, and, and when I'm getting and like my insurance it's, card it's, and stuff like that, but it's just like, I think of, it reminds me cause my roommate Aaron got pulled over by the cops a few weeks ago and I just thought like I'm just terrified because I know Aaron doesn't think about that stuff at all she Aaron is a is is very like you know not trying to like you know shit on Aaron or like make fun of her or anything like that but like she's very airheaded and she it wouldn't click that she needs to like oh fuck you know what I mean like this could go left at any moment you know what I mean she doesn't think that way or yeah so yeah or far (laughs) very far right um but it's just like that sort of stuff that kind of thing terrifies me because i don't want to hear anything like like, that i thought about it like one night i got pulled over Mm. and uh like leaving the office for dumb reason they thought like my headlight was out or something Mm -hmm. they were (laughs) you you, i you went to the gas station in the middle of the night that's not that wasn't it uh, well, I'll t- I'm telling about the other time. Yeah, that <laughs> one was he went to the one. gas. <laughs> absolutely my fault. Yeah. <laughs> he went to the gas station down the street, mm-hmm. and it's literally down the street. Like I would get there in 20 seconds if I walked there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came back, and there's like a big 
like gravel parking lot behind the office where we do these <laughs> things at. And he was coming through. And we, the office is next door to a police station, like right next to it. Mm-hmm. And so he was coming through with just fucking no lights, no nothing. And, and you know, dead like, old truck, like you had to turn on the lights. So yeah. like, and legitimately, sometimes if I was in the middle of town and like lights everywhere, you just, it wouldn't occur some, like every now and then, you <laughs> could easily see. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I came back and didn't realize yeah, it, but exactly. the cop was nice. Like, hey, you know, your lights aren't on. <laughs> and and like that's just the way it's like hey yeah I mean no but you got night. back to you got back to the office you're like ah oh, fucking bastard yeah just well like, like <laughs> obviously that's a stupid opinion to hold now in hindsight but like it, comparatively to other cops but also he knew me and there's also you know the good old boy network with with cops especially in the country part mm-hmm. yeah. but I thought like one night I got pulled over because they thought I had a tail light out in my old truck and it wasn't true it just was dim and I, I was literally getting a new truck like a week and a half later and um but like i was thinking like why was i so like not submissive but you know mm-hmm. you're not as <laughs> willing to, day, you fucking bitch <laughs> like, i was making like banter like and yeah. shit and like and i was thinking he's like and i'm like i'm am i a coward am i just a little bitch yeah. and then i was thinking and then <laughs> i thought like, like, no you're not that person like it, no, it's because it's like the your ears prick up is because you sense that they have an arbitrary means of ticketing you or doing something just if hey, they want to i'm gonna keep it a buck 50 i've never been pulled over by the cops but when i do get pulled over when it does happen i'm bitching up completely what are you talking about <laughs> like i like just I think that because I remember me and Kevin had the same conversation where it was like, I'm like, listen, black people are, are overrepresented in these cop killings. Um, so we need to just shut up and just do what we're told. And even though that doesn't help all the time, it's a start. And then Kevin was like saying, told me a story about how some like how he I, I guess it was your grandfather or somebody. Well, or my you? grandfather is goddamn hilarious. Like yeah. my grandfather, he fought in the Vietnam, and you know he. Oh, that's funny. Like, Mine too. Yeah, he's such like a no nonsense guy. Like we used to go when I was a kid, we would go to like restaurants and fancy restaurants, which he isn't used to because mm-hmm. he grew up in a fucking farm with an outhouse type mm-hmm. type of shit. So he's like a very salt of the earth guy. Mm-hmm. And, be, and he already knows what he wants. And the waiter's trying to read the specials. And he'll look at the waiter like, yeah, yeah I don't give a goddamn up. <laughs> like, Get me my suit. Like, yeah. kinda, he's very like that. Mm-hmm. But he hates the police. Mm-hmm. And not for any like left wing reason like us. He yeah. just thinks they're goddamn bums who <laughs> just bother good people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I remember being a kid getting pulled over with him dri- with him driving and he just so Dane like and you know people who don't aren't history fans wouldn't get this but it's like Charles the first at his trial it's like uh, he's I just, will he, not he's just being intransigent and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's forcing his jurors to kill him exactly really it's like <laughs> he would say something like you know why he just pulled you over and he won't even look at the guy or acknowledge <laughs> question the other's like you He'll just say, like, in a speaking voice, just like, you goddamn bum, get a real job. (laughs) And then the cop will be like, yeah, he'll, like, license and registration. He'll just, like, give it to him without saying a word after that. You're like, where are you going? It's like, 
And he'll like say, I don't have to tell you that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be like, well, it's like, what's your address? Like, I can't take you to jail for that. And he'll like, you won't do shit. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. He's like, if I, it's like, if I were the same age as you, I could kick your ass without <laughs> even thinking about it. Like, I fought in the war. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like... <laughs> As a kid, I was like, Grandpa, shut up! Shout out to <laughs> Kevin's grandpa, man. No, and one of the police officers like, well, what about your grandson? And maybe I kick his ass. <laughs> My grandson would fold your ass. Get out And there. then he's like, he abandoned I don't give a fuck about him. I hate all of you. <laughs> Take him. Damn. <laughs> Book um, him. And like, it's just yeah. Kevin being carted away. <laughs> anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, as hilarious as that all is, there is the whole, you know, side of it. It's like, would a black teenager get away with that? Hell no. No. <laughs> no. Me, like, I, I'm sure there are some cops who would just be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But most, as <laughs> evidence shows that it wouldn't go over great yeah. most of the time. Mm. I don't know, man. I hope that uh, I say no. this every time. <laughs> One dickhead that's just not yeah. <laughs> the one that was bullied in high school. Exactly. I hope that we just, as a country, we, we move towards um, getting Killing them all. I agree. <laughs> Get it this sort of thing. Uh, sort it out. But, um, I'm joking, by the way. Spotify. <laughs> Demonetize. Speaking of, uh, we reached like 80 like concurrent like viewers or listeners. Nice. On, on on the pod so now spotify is saying like or not spotify uh anchor the distribution service that i put the pod uh on the platforms through they're like oh hey you want to start doing um ads and i was like no <laughs> like i, I yeah, hold, hold off a little bit like, yeah the audience is still small enough to be like <laughs> yeah <laughs> little crack tin pot operations like, who the fuck do they think they are yeah i'm yeah. just like I, I mean for what it should be like our ads like blatantly like try richmond's bath salt <laughs> <laughs> They're poorly made and not <laughs> examined by the FDA. But uh, don't send I mean, them back. Will we mean it? <laughs> but me and Dane talked about it yesterday, or not yesterday, but like a couple days ago, through mm. like a meme mm. where it's like how mad people get at Spotify when <laughs> they say like, oh, like listen to one thing and it's thirty minutes ad free, but yeah. they go back on it. Like, <laughs> Five minutes later, and it's the Darth Vader meme. It's like I have altered the deal. <laughs> they are they are fucking ruthless with classical stuff. Yeah. I think, and, and that, that's I think why that's, I don't that's listen what to people. That much. Yeah, that's what people. That's kind of pushes people away from stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just just hold off on ads. One one hundred percent. Anyway, that's that's a pie. We 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 talked. We talked this. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about any of our fucking uh, topics. At all. Yeah, we just flowed naturally. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a pod. That is a pod. Oh, did you want to talk about the uh, the vaccine stuff? Because I guess now all, adult, all adults are able to get vaccinated. Have you guys been vaccinated yet or plan to? I think I, I asked you already. The, I kind of live in the middle of nowhere, so it's mm. like a little bit more of a pain to do it. But as soon as it becomes like... like practically convenient for me. I'm going to do it immediately. Yeah. Well, I doing? think my brother and I are going to get it 
uh, within the next five minutes. No, um, <laughs> no, it's like in the next like two weeks or three weeks, something like that. It's one of those things. It's like mm. I was never only for like a month or so. I was really in fear of getting it. Yeah, uh, not the vaccine of just COVID. Yeah, uh, yeah. A friend of mine had as as bad asthma as I mm. did, and he was in the hospital. But I'm still like it's you know I it's risk averse. So I was like ah, I think I'll be okay. So I could I could wait a little while. But uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm still gonna get it because one, um, it'd be something that, for instance, the McAfee administration would say <laughs> it's your duty as citizens to get it, and if you don't, <laughs> we'll know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure, get vaccinated. You fuck up our. <laughs> you diminish our. El- elective like power every time you say something like that. <laughs> yeah, I swear point. as soon as we really run you are deleting all of these <laughs> especially the part where I said like well not a Nazi but fascist man <laughs> or maybe we should just kill them all, <laughs> kill what I them all. Yeah. don't worry I'll make sure I scroll because I, I can imagine getting edited by the right wing media why would they do this it would make them me part of them but like it's like I am not a Nazi it's just like I am <laughs> they wouldn't even need to edit it. You said it's like oh, I am a fashion. <laughs> you said that. They don't, wouldn't need to edit it. <laughs> don't worry, I'll be sure to scrub these <laughs> uh, when y'all run. But anyway, whatever. That's a pod. Good good talk, yeah. boys. Good talk.